2: The cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome in to Pack's What She Said Live. It is our recap episode of a very disappointing Packers loss to the Giants in London, 27-22. Maggie and I will do our best to kind of break it down for us all and maybe in true Pax what she said fashion leave this episode with some hope. Um I think we can get there. But before we get started, Meg, how you doing? It's been over 24 hours now. The loss is sunk in. Like, how are you feeling after watching that game?
0: I think to me, like I was so hyped to have a morning game and then have the whole noon slate and the three o'clock slate for red zone that i was like riding the high and for the first half i was like this is gonna be like the best day like the packers are gonna just you know handle their business and then we get to still watch like seven more hours of football and then we get the night game and then that didn't happen so then i ended up just being angry the whole time that i watched red zone um but yeah i mean going back now and and having some time to kind of to think about it more thoroughly, I I guess I feel a, a little bit better, which is weird to say, but h- how, how did you, how did you respond?
2: Um, I'm like very infuriated by this team right now because Fair. I see all the potential that's there. Like there was a lot of talk going into the off season. Like, are they going to be good? Like, what's this offense going to look like? Like they're not going to be as good without Devante. And like, I don't think that that's true. I think there's a ton of potential here. I think they have, like, a plethora of offensive weapons, um, and they can – I don't know. They just have to – they haven't found the formula yet, I guess. But what is frustrating me more than the offense, because, like, I expected this from the offense. Right. there's, There's a few things. One is 12 isn't playing well. And so, like, that to me is like one of the biggest things because he's not making throws he normally makes and he's not making decisions that I think are like positive for this offense, where this offense is now. Right. Like, I think he's playing as if he this offense is where he wants it to be, not like where it is now. And two, like, this defense. Oh, good. My cat's throwing up on my right now. <laughs> That's so symbolic. Um, <laughs> Cool. Fred is over it. Also, uh, not happy head. with three and two. Oh, uh, not happy at all. The other piece is just is the defense, right? Like this defense is not playing up to the caliber of defensive weapons that they have on that side of the ball. Like there are so many first-round picks. There's so many resources that have been poured into this defense. They have all of the tools. They're so athletic, they're so gifted, and they're just not putting it together and that was like probably the most frustrating thing for me and I know like we can't ride on the Packers defense to win games but I actually think I don't want to say they lost this game because the blame is spread around to everybody but they didn't help (laughs) they didn't help at all
0: yeah I'm kind of sick of uh you know it feels like every week we talk about in our previews of games like well the Packers are the better team on paper at some point paper like you rip up the piece of paper because it doesn't matter and the Packers have arguably been the better team on paper in all of their matchups like you could maybe argue that on like for offensive weapons yeah the Vikings get the nod but like on paper doesn't win you football games and we saw a very depleted Giants offense fly to London with like two starters on offense and get the job done against a defense that was, you know, being talked about as like a top five defense before the season started because of the guys they had on paper. So at some point, you know, you have to figure out where the disconnect is, if it's the execution, because the talent is there. Yeah. Right. Like they have the guys to get it done. So now you have to figure out why they're not getting it done, because when the Packers yeah. are a, a worse team on paper, which we haven't seen, you know, in, in the last couple seasons, it feels like they play tougher. It's almost like there's some disconnect of like, I don't know. It's not playing down to your opponent, but there's something
2: happening where they just, they can't get out of their own way. Yeah. I don't, I think honestly, I I think that the offense and Matt LaFleur in 12 will figure it out. Right. I, I do still think that because we've seen glimpses of it. They haven't played a full four quarters on that side of the ball, but the blueprint for me when I'm watching them is there. They just have to, find a way to execute on it at all times. For me, what I think the problem is with the defense, and this is what I've been thinking about for probably the last couple of games, actually probably the whole season, Viking game too, is like, I don't know if, I don't want to blame Scheme because I'm not an expert enough on Scheme and I don't actually want to put all the blame on Joe Barry because I think a lot of it is also execution by the guys. But I just don't know if these, Particular players are being put into positions that where they're going to play their best ball with what they're being asked to do, if that makes sense. Like our the Packers secondary has three incredible cornerbacks who we know at least two of them can play press unbelievably well right Jair is probably one of the best Stokes showed us last season he can I think Razul is better in press too he's being asked to do something new this season that he's never done before playing in the slot I just don't think they're being put in positions to like fully bring out their best skill set like I watched Darius Slayton tear up Jair Alexander some practice squad nobody Got a completion off him because Jaw is playing like nine yards off the. I like. I'm just like, why are they being? And I I know that these are probably their assignments, right? They're not. Jaw's not like he's an aggressive guy. You saw him go in and shoulder tackle Saquon Barkley out of, out of the field of play. Like I don't think that this is like an aggression issue. I think it's a what are you being asked to do right now issue, and it's not working.
0: Yeah, and I mean I think the frustrating part that you know fans have every right to, to question is you know that we heard what the Packers the coordinators had to say after the Vikings lost and we said like hey maybe you know there were some things that you could have tried and understandably you can't just change your entire scheme mid-game but It's just, it's the repetitive nature of we're making the same mistakes over and over again. And it's, I think, you know, friend of the show, Joey, the Jaguar said it best on Twitter when he said, did we just rehire Mike Patton with hair? Like the, the idea that they're playing so far off ball, which has been a problem for them, you know, off the line of scrimmage. I want to see Rasul on the boundary. I want to see Jair in the slot. Keyshawn Nixon had a really fantastic game in the slot when Jair was out like you need to find ways to put your guys in positions to be successful and if I you know I think they're trying to get Quay Walker on the field a lot and he's very ethnic he deserves to be on the field for a lot of it but some of it just feels forced like these packages feel forced because they have this idea of like who their best 11 should be or who's you know most deserving of being on the field and I think they're not subbing in guys like they they normally would be, and I just I just want to see them experiment a little bit and put their guys in better positions. I'm, and I'm sick of the crossers on. I, we could we could do the whole show talking about the crossers, but I don't want to go there. I saw your no, eyes like roll it,
2: back. It, it's the same. It's a, It's what you're saying though. It's it's the same mistakes have been made now for the entire season. So right. at what point are you going to make adjustments? You've been getting gashed all season. crossers, what are you going to do about it now because you're also about to play much better offenses look at who they have down the line this is the easy stretch quote 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 easy like you've got the bills you've got the undefeated eagles coming up like you've got teams (laughs) you're gonna have to play the vikings again like you're gonna have to figure this out so i agree with you i think to add to the, to the frustrations, that's another one for me. It's just the repetitive nature of the mistakes. If every week a new challenge arises that for whatever reason you couldn't rise to that occasion, okay, fine. You go back, you watch the tape, you try to fix it for next week, right? But it's the same thing over and over again. And no. you can say that about the offense too. It's the same issues. Run game works. this quick passing game works. The slants, whatever. Rodgers attacking the middle field. All that working you know it doesn't work the weird ass 20 plus yard shot plays to the boundary they're not working you know what also doesn't work when Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon don't get the ball and then and it's the same thing every week and i listened to Matt's presser today Matt LaFleur and i do i love his accountability and i i do love that he takes it for everyone which i think he should as a head coach but he also says the same thing yeah Every week after this happens, it's not acceptable that our running backs don't touch the ball, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, if you know this, why isn't it changing in game?
0: Yeah. I mean, we talked about it after after week one, right? Like the blueprint was there. Like, this is what you need to do to execute on this defense. And the same is true of the offense. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot since the game ended. And it reminded me as stupid as the sounds of writing my undergrad thesis. And it's don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And I think sometimes the Matt LaFleur scheme and Aaron Rodgers, they want to be perfect and they get away from the things that are working. And I remember writing my thesis and I didn't even proofread it because I was so sick of writing it that I submitted it. And I still got an A on it. And that was my lesson to not go back and keep nitpicking and changing words and tweaking things in it. And I think that's the Lafleur scheme summed up right now is that they're trying to be perfect and they're trying to execute. And some of the shots and the things just aren't there yet. And I think they will get there, but you have to be good before you can be great. And you have to crawl before you can walk. And this is a brand new offense without Devante. And as much as we want to say that it's not brand new, there's a lot of there's a learning curve here and there's going to be. And they're yeah. trying to just like escalate and elevate and, and get beyond the scope of things. And they need to just, just be good right now. Don't be perfect. Be good.
2: I think you just hit the nail on the head. I love that analogy because it's true. And it's almost like as soon as things are clicking, right? You saw a first half where things weren't working. It looked great. And then you come in, in the second half and it's like, why not go back to everything that's working? And I'm not saying don't take shots down the field if you see them, right? Like, there are moments, you're right, they haven't been hitting on them, which makes it a little bit harder to stomach. But if it's not working, don't do it again on second down and then again on third down when your defense just spent the entire, like, six to seven minutes on the field on a 10, 12 yard, a 10, 12 play drive by the Giants. They're tired. Just move the chains. That one shot play didn't work. Just go back to the fundamentals of what works for this offense, and just move the chains, and just win. You could win games like that. And I don't think, I don't think that this is a Rogers ego thing. Like I don't think he really cares about his stats anymore. I don't think he really cares about these big pass plays because he's getting. They're getting explosive plays. They're just not coming from these boundary shots. They're coming from attacking the middle of the field. So if what you're looking for is big explosive plays, do the things that are working. Um, And
0: and it's just different, right? Like what worked with Devante is not going to work with Alan Lazard. Randall Cobb is gashing defenses, but he plays a different style of ball. Ben Lazard or Watson or Sammy Watkins, like all these guys have different skill sets and the offense works seamlessly when you utilize all of them the way that you're supposed to be utilizing them. Like, like the Christian Watson um, end around that ended up, you know, setting up the Mercedes Lewis touchdown. Like that's what this offense is. It's the different looks that set up all of your different options to all of your different playmakers. So use it. And I think that that's kind of, you know, the sticking point is, we see it. And I I do, I agree with you. I think the offense will figure it out. I really do. I just, it's weird. Every week we come on this show and we talk about how anytime there's like a smidge of adversity, the Packers are like, we have to score 30 points on this drive. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it, that's not how the game works. So, you know, you have to play in the confines of your offense and just go for six or go for three each drive and put it together because you know, sure. Occasionally you'll hit, you know, a 60 yarder. If Christian Watson hits that week one, maybe we're talking about all these shot plays differently, but they haven't worked. So let's let's do the thing that's been working.
2: Yeah, it is true. Like, I think also, you know, 12 had Devonte, where you're going to win in those one on ones probably more often than not. Like, I think I said last night I'm packing like, 85% of the time, you don't have Devonta anymore, right? Lazard, big body, he should make those plays. He's not always going to. You're right. Cobb is the slot guy. He's not going to win on those. You hope that at some point Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs will get there. I think that they can. I think they've proven that they can. Also, when 12 is missing throws, what are they supposed to do, right? Like, you've seen them be able to make some adjustments to him, But he's also not being the most accurate. So I I just hope that Matt kind of comes back to this game and like really, really, really self-scouts, right? And also has a conversation with Rodgers saying, I know I give you a lot of freedom at the line of scrimmage. I know that we run a really heavy RPO-based offense, and it works a lot of the time. But sometimes you just got to run the ball. Like you really are just going to have to choose to run the ball. And I think – the end of the game is the perfect example and you got you need two yards. Why, why, why did you draft AJ Dillon? Right? Like why do you have these players and the whole conversation, I think on Twitter over the last like 24 hours has been, well, well, if they stack the box, then you don't want to run the ball. I disagree with that. Like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are averaging like five yards a carry. Who cares if it's an eight man box? First of all, Find a way to get them around the players, because they do that really well. Or just test it to see how many yards they get, because they're proving to you that they can gain yards after contact really well. So who cares if it's an eight-man box? They still gave the ball to Saquon Barkley when the Packers stacked the box, and if you get through... You've seen what Aaron Jones can do, how what the vision that he has, his ability to cut. You Aaron Jones miss it. you know, gets a guy to miss a tackle in an eight-man box. Guess what? It's open field. So I I'm not like advocating for this team to be just like simply a run first offense because I do understand that balance is ac- incredibly necessary. And the Packers have shown glimpses of a really nice passing game, but the pass game isn't there yet. So just like lean on, lean on the run, lean on your backs that are playing really, really well.
0: And I think part of it too, I saw, I, I wish I remember who exactly said it because it was such a good point, but it's, you know, the way that the Packers offense plays, it lets the defense dictate how they're running their offense and you just can't do that that makes no sense you have aaron Rodgers, you have like you said two of the best backs in the nfl who cares if they're showing you an eight-man box who cares if they're playing like whatever they're playing cover zero whatever it is run the offense that you want to run and make the defense adjust don't let the defense make your offense adjust because clearly it gets a rhythm the scheme is set up a certain way And then they, they lose what's working for them and they stop running the things that were working because they're, it's like, they're in their head about like, okay, well, the defense is giving us this look. So we have to go to this one coverage beater. Your offense is designed to have so many different coverage beaters, like pull something else out of the bag of tricks, Matt. We know that your bag is, you know, you've got plays for every single player on that offense. So I want to see what some of that stuff is. And I think that's, we keep going back to the same, like, I think the offense will figure it out. And I do. But it's, it's like you're saying we're in now week six of the season and the jets just put up 40 points on the dolphins. And yes, obviously they didn't have two of playing Teddy got hurt right away. Whatever the case may be, you're playing against teams. Like there's no layups in the NFL. So at some point you have to figure it out. And until you figure out the passing game and have it look the way that you want it to give it to the guys that are making the offense go yeah. because once the run game is successful, it makes the pass like it opens up everything else for your offense. Like it's such a marriage between the two things. And I just I don't know. It it sucks that we're still having this conversation going into week six.
2: Yeah. And look, I I get it. If they hit on one, it just one of those deep shots, like we probably look at this differently. So I understand like the perspective of well, one of the guys has to make a play, or we liked the look that we saw. You know, Aaron loves single high one-on-one right he's gonna throw it to those guys any day now but <clears throat> i i don't know i i also like i know christian watson came out of the game early but i'd like to see them start using him as an actual wide receiver wouldn't that be nice I, I don't know if anyone else feels this way look i i get that he had a very limited camp he didn't play in preseason let the guy run some routes i i i don't know i i Am I crazy? Like, I get that, like, the jet sweeps, the end rounds are fun. He got a touchdown off one. Cool. But, like, can we let the guy run some routes?
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand. And if you're talking about, you know... Aaron Jones can can run an end around like Sammy Watkins had was you had the ability to do it Romeo Dobbs did it in the preseason like there's guys that can do it it doesn't have to be Christian Watson's role Amari Rogers who I know nobody wants to see the field right now but like you it's he doesn't have to be Randall Cobb has done it in the past like that's it goes back to the versatility thing and it's like I think I think sometimes the Packers almost like pigeonhole themselves like there's there's a thing they want to do and they get so laser focused with the blinders on Mm -hmm. to execute this one specific thing and when you take those specific things away that's when you know we call it the hero ball but I think it's just it's just playing outside of the scheme and that's when they start to try and force things so just and I like what's the solution. You said, like, you know, do you have LeFleur and Rodgers sit down and say, hey, you know, I know Lafleur joked at his presser today. Like, would you have slept if you played that way? Like, you know, I'm sure he watched the tape. And these guys are hypercritical. But at some point, being hypercritical only does so much for you. Like, then you have to you have to make the adjustments. And I just feel like we have the same conversation where the, the in-game adjustments don't happen the way that we want them to. This team has yet to play four complete quarters of football. <clears throat> I think they've played two good quarters in every game.
2: Yeah.
1: Ships Registry Bahamas. Um, or we we
2: kind of we started with defense and then we 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 found our way into the offense. <laughs> so maybe let's let's go back to the defense a little bit. I I hate to say that like I, I don't like putting this on penalties, right? Because penalties are gonna happen. I actually thought this was like a fairly clean game from both sides. But like I do think that this looks different if three sacks aren't negated right Darnell I, I didn't I'd fine with whatever Rasul did I thought the the holding calm savage was really weak to be quite honest with you so there were moments right this pass rush if you want to say look I'll start with something positive this pass rush is doing his job right it's stepping up Rashawn Gary is a monster Preston is playing great Kenny Clark is having maybe the best season of his career so far. So this front is doing exactly what it needs to. Even drawn Reed, like what a find in free agency. But you can only do so much if your DBs aren't covering properly, right? Like you cannot put all of this on the pass rush. I know we had just talked about it earlier, but there's like a disconnect between the two, Sides of this defense right now, and I feel like so much pressure is being haha pressure. I didn't even mean that again, <laughs> is being put on the front to like just get home and end drives.
0: and I think what's so interesting is like when we when we did all of our analysis of this defense and the strengths, like nine out of ten people would have said it's the secondary, like find the weak spot in the secondary. We talked about mm-hmm. it. We thought like, You know, you got Eric Stokes coming into his sophomore season after a rookie campaign that far exceeded our expectations. Jair's coming back healthy. Rasul had like a Pro Bowl alternate kind of season. He led the team in interceptions. Like, we knew what this defense could be. And then they've just, they've come out so flat. And I think, again, part of that goes back to what we talked about at the top of the show, where it's just, I don't think these guys are being put in positions where they're the most successful. And having them play off man like eight yards off the line is one of the surest ways to get them beat because that's that's not who they are or what they do. And it seems like there's also been like communication errors. Yeah. It's, it seems like there's always like a blown, a blown play. And the Packers, to be fair, didn't give up like that many explosives. Yes, they got beat on crossers and things, but Saquon had his two big plays and that was like, that was it. It was mostly like death by a thousand paper cuts for this defense and they were just getting so gassed but every time there's like a first down or, you know, it's like third and 12 and you give up 13, like everybody looks at each other. Like there's like, who are like we who trying to get Yeah. Like what, like where does the blame go? And I think that's just so dysfunctional for a defense that, you know, should have the ability to be so much better.
2: And like, I think that goes on the coach, right? Yes. Like miscommunication between the guys is simply is likely miscommunication from what the call is from the coach. So I'm not ready to write off Barry. Um, I think it's like too early in the season and the Packers defense has shown flashes of greatness this season, like what they've been able to do to some opposing offenses. But it's again, it's very similar to offense. I think like you go into this game, you knew Saquon Barkley, right? And you know that Daniel Jones, he's gimpy, but Daniel Jones can run. And Daniel Jones can really only throw the ball when he's like rolling out or on like a boot, right? Like Daniel Jones can't sit in the pocket and throw the ball downfield. So you kind of have a handful of things that you need to pay attention for. I think they did actually a pretty nice job with Saquon. Like he had the one, you know, real explosive, but it's Saquon and he's going to do that. Um, that was also looked like a, a little bit of a misassignment on that, but thanks, thankful for Adrian Amos. But like, Daniel Jones is on a hurt ankle. He's still able to pick up first downs on you. Like, why is somebody not on assignment on him? Like, why is he still being able to roll out? I just, a lot of the time I'm like, you guys, you know what they do well. They have no offensive weapons. If you watch the tape, you know what the Giants do well because I am sitting on the couch here knowing exactly what they're going to do. And I think I talked about this with Andy and I think it's like the perfect way to describe this Packers defense is Packers defense is also predictable, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I know what the Giants offense is going to do, I'm pretty sure Dable and his staff know exactly what the, this Packers defense is going to do because they're going to come out and they're going to be in their too high shell and they're going to do the same thing and they never blitz and they don't do anything exotic fun. And I know Matt Lafleur said he actually told Barry not to do anything exotic because they were worried about Saquon. But like they don't respect the certain like pre-snap pressure looks because the Packers never send more than four. Like there's just a lot of things yeah. that this defense is doing. It's super, super predictable. And that doesn't like they're watching tape on you, too. So they're going to be able to counter punch you really well. And I think honestly, the Giants were able to do that.
0: Yeah. And to your point about, you know, Daniel Jones and knowing like the strengths of how he operates his game, you drafted Quay Walker, who's like the most athletic inside linebacker the Packers have seen in decades. You saw what he did to save a touchdown against Justin Fields in week two. Why are you not just like, why isn't he just a spy in the middle of the defense, like on third and long situations? Like, and then if Daniel rolls out, you send Quay after him and he's one of like yeah. the handful of guys who can probably catch him. With the speed. With the speed. Like, I don't know. And I agree with you that I'm not, like, ready to give up on Joe Barry. It's just – it feels like we have the same conversation every season. And regardless of who's been the defensive coordinator or who the the pieces have been, like, we're at a point now where we feel like the last couple seasons the Packers have had the pieces. We like the scheme that Matt LaFleur runs. Aaron Rodgers, when he executes the offense the way that it's supposed to be executed, like – Why can't this team, and again, if we had the answer to this, we would be in 1265 and the Packers (laughs) would have more Super Bowls, but why can't this team just play a complete game? And why can't all three phases play a complete game at the same time? It's always the defense coming up clutch in a key moment to like stop going into overtime. It's the Packers offense moving the chains in overtime when they finally, you know, can put a drive together. It's special teams downing a punt at the two to make an opposing offense work like why can't this just happen like organically? Yeah, like I,
2: I don't me know. Tired. It, it makes does me make me tired. It, it's games that shouldn't be so difficult end up being really, really difficult. Yeah, um, and that's why I'm worried about next weekend. And I never thought I would say that because it's the Jets. Um, do you like have? Like, okay, we we've have gone through a lot of concerns today and I think they're all valid. Um, we will watch for them right as the rest of the season rolls along. Is there one in particular when you like think of this season and what could like potentially derail this season, what that main issue is?
0: I think my main concern is on defense because I, I think we talked about the offense and I think that they'll put things together, but yeah, I think it's just the defense not playing up to their potential, and uh, I guess like where where does that fall? Is it this the scheme? Like, is it the way that Joe Barry is is executing? Is it the players not executing their assignments? Like, I think the defense is the concern here because I think the offense has the potential, and we've seen in games. Like, I will say that the one positive takeaway I had from this game, there were a couple, but one of the positives, no turnovers. Yeah, right. Like, like that was. That was what we wanted to see. We wanted to see them protect the football a little better, and they did do that. So,
2: Well, minus Amari almost. Well,
0: you know, <laughs> Sorry. it's to go down on the stat sheets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so technically, that's okay. But, like, as far as the offense, like, you know, we've talked about how they can take points off the board because of all the turnovers. So there's things that they're cleaning up. And, but it's just, it's like, it's like this whole team is just like one step forward and two steps back. And it's just getting to be too late in the season for you to do that. And Aaron Rodgers said last week, like, Hey, this is an unsustainable way for us to win games. And then they ran into it this week with the giants. And we were like, Hey, yeah, look, it was exactly what you said the week before. So yeah, for them to acknowledge it and know it, I think that's maybe my biggest concern. It's not a phase of the game. It's you're acknowledging that you're making mistakes. You're acknowledging what the problem is, but you're not finding the solution to the problem. So at what point do you run out of
2: chances to find a solution? Definition of insanity is doing yeah, the same yeah. thing over and over again and expecting to It's different watching results. Packers games. <laughs> yeah, literally and expecting different results. I think my biggest concern is also not like related to an actual phase of the game, but just like, mm-hmm. Do these guys have faith in themselves? Do they have faith in each other? I I just I know it's a it's a it's a weird like middle ground between a rebuild because it's not really a rebuild. You still have twelve and you still got the defense, but you got a lot of new faith. Like, do you have faith in each other? Like, what was that locker room like? Right? What was that plane ride like? Because I'm still waiting for someone to be like, "We are the Green Bay effing Packers." We are a winning organization. We are a winning group of players, and we are not going to continue to play like this anymore. And I, I don't feel that from them. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each
0: week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across
2: sports, media, and entertainment.
0: for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's that's kind of where I wanted to wrap the show, actually, is I wanted to get your your perspective on, like, are you concerned about the locker room yet? Or, you yeah. know, are there concerns? Do you like, is it a, is it a heart thing? Cause we, it felt like last season, the, the theme or like, there was always like a buzzword and the buzzword was juice. And it was like, for whatever reason, when the Packers lost a game, it was like, we didn't bring the juice and even games they wanted felt like they didn't like have the juice. So it's like, where is the juice coming from? Yeah. And I don't I mean. see that for this team.
2: Yeah. Who is that person? Right. I don't know if I'm concerned about the locker room because I don't know if I am allowed to have a concern about a locker room that I'm not a part of, right? Like I'm not in there and I don't know what they say to each other in private. And I do think that there are a lot of really great guys in that room Mm -hmm. who can rally troops, right? There are so many guys that you can rally around inside that room. Um, I am concerned about some of the comments that have been made. Yeah, and I know that that can just come from losing and have really tough losses, but it's not just the season. Like I think about what Robert Tunyon said on Bussin' with the Boys in the off season about how you get to the end of the season, and everyone's just like, I don't know if we still like we just ran out of steam basically, and I don't like the idea of thinking ahead, being like, well, if we lose. You should not yeah. be having that mentality, right? Like you every week go one know every week, right? Isn't that Matt Lafleur's mantra? So I think Matt, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's on Matt or if it's on 12, but someone's got to be the one that reminds everybody who they play for, right? Because Rogers has said, like, we know the standards that are set in this organization and, like, we know where our bar is, but I don't know if I actually feel like the players are – I don't know what the word is, emulating that.
0: Yeah. I just, and, you know, I saw some of the comments talking about it a little bit earlier too. And it's just, it, I love Matt LaFleur as a coach. And I appreciate, I think he coaches differently than a lot of guys, right? He's not Dan Campbell. He's not Robert Sala. He's not the kind of like, he's not going to ever have a soundbite that circulates on ESPN where he talks about biting kneecaps like this. That's not Matt LaFleur. Like that's not his coaching style. It's not Joe Barry's either, and it's not Adam Senovich. So when you like there needs to be a player then that steps up or, you know, even like the Packers social team, like there there's I think there's ways that they can give these guys some energy fans in the stands. Like I know that Rashawn Geary was talking about like getting loud, but there has to be some wake up call or some push for these guys to just like it's it's. You're still—they're in a wild card situation right now. Like, you know, it's too early to look at the playoffs, but like, you're still in it. Like, don't hang your hat on things. Like, there's there's a lot of time to figure it out if you can just afford yourself the opportunity to do it. But there, there, yeah, there needs to be like a rallying cry or something, and I think that's just what we're missing—is who's going to be the person that that steps up and writes the ship.
2: Mm -hmm. And you would think it would be the quarterback, but I don't know if twelve is really like that. I don't know if he's ever been like that. You know what I mean? He's not a far V type locker room guy. So I don't know, maybe it's Rashawn. Maybe it's AJ Dillon. I'm trying to think of, I don't know. But again, I'm not in there. So I don't I don't want to make like too many assumptions about what's happening inside of a room because I do really believe that they care for one another. And I do believe that they've built a brotherhood. And I think mm-hmm. that Lafleur has come in and like totally changed like the culture I just think there has to be a way to like channel all of that when things aren't super easy.
0: And I think part of it too is like, I know the players really said that they appreciated having a player led team. Like the coaches let the players handle things their own way, but then it's like, okay, when things are starting to, to kind of fizzle on you or like, you know, burn out, that's when you need like the energy of a player led team. Like you can't ask the coaches to let you take the reins. And then when you're handed the reins are like, "Mm -hmm." like (laughs) there can't be a drop off. Like you can't have it both ways. So I think part of it is just, they need to get this figured out. And I think they will. Like I asked one of my coworkers today at work, I said like, what's your concern level from one to 10 with where this team is at. And he said, still a four. Like I, you know, and he's like, and if they win next week, it'll probably go back down to a two. Like, you know, like it's not like, there's no panic button, I think,
2: yet. It's just you no, have it's to... a lot of season left. There's a lot of season left. This is a long season. Like I think people forget to, you know, there are teams that start off two and five and make a run. There are teams that start off undefeated and then barely make it through the playoffs, like the Cardinals last season, right? Like there is a lot of season left. So I'm not worried long term, but I do think that like every Every week, every game is our building blocks. And you have to build – you've got to build the building, like, appropriately so that when you get to January and hopefully February, you've got, like, that solid foundation.
0: And I think one of the things that we have to remember, too, and the players maybe have to remember is, like, Matt LeFleur won 13 games in his first three seasons. Like, that that's not going to happen every year you're in the NFL. So we talk – every season, you know, when we looked at the schedule, like you could be in an 11 and six football team and be better, or you can be like a 10 and seven football team and be arguably a better team than you were when you were winning based on just like the nitty gritty ways that you're finding to win football games. And, you know, Matt LaFleur, he's just not going to win 13 games every, every season. And I think this type of adversity is really going to test him as a head coach and it's really going to test kind of the, the metal of the locker room to say, like, when it's not easy, here's how we respond. And I think this is a really defining moment for the Packers right now. And it's mm-hmm. it's really early to call it defining for the whole season. But this is where you the adversity is hitting you now. And you need to find a way to respond to it. Because I think this this is where you start to decide how the rest of your season is going to go.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is going to be a marker for them. And I hope that they – I'm almost glad they lost. To be honest like i don't know if anything would change after an ugly win again so like maybe a loss is what they need to kind of like really do something kick in the butt yeah
0: i mean th- for as much as they say we don't apologize for winning ugly like okay so apologize because you lost
2: ugly and yeah. now-, <laughs> now makes it Against an inferior but... opponent <laughs> yeah yeah so um all right Maybe let's wrap with something positive. Packers are back home this week. They are back home this week. I'll be there.
0: Yeah, that's a positive. (laughs) First game at Lambeau. That's a positive.
2: Dad's first game at Lambeau. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said it throughout this show, but the concern level is low. A lot of time to write it. Not worried about the offense being able to put it together at some point. They just hopefully do it sooner rather than later
0: yeah and I just I just want to see more fight because the Packers aren't going to win every game the rest of the season but I think it's also about like how you lose and the way in which you lose if that makes sense and like you said you know the Jets aren't going to roll over even the commanders aren't they're not going to roll over right so then you've got the Bills like there's there's some pretty tough sledding coming up pretty soon and I want to see the the test of this team. Like like we said, the medal of the team and how, how it defines itself going into the,
2: the second half of the season. Yep. Well, we have a number of games left. Long season awaits us. It's week six. Packers go home. They get the Jets. Uh, you and I will have our, our preview show on that later this week. For everyone listening, thank you so much. I hope this was... At all helpful, therapeutic. Now we put this week behind us and we look forward, which is what I hope this team is doing as well. Um, So if you would like, you can follow the show at PWSS Podcast on Twitter, Pax with on Instagram and Twitch. Um, Find us on all of your streaming platforms, including the Odyssey app. You'll be able to get this on the app if you miss the whole thing or if you want to listen to us again. I don't know why you would. And our preview show... You don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know to why again, you wouldn't want to listen yeah. to us again. Uh, recap a horrible loss. Um, but if you want more, we'll get a preview show in a couple of days when with the Jets game. So thank you all, as always, for listening. We super appreciate you being here. I don't know if we say that enough, but we do. And uh, go back up. Go back up.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.